Today, we'll talk about the importance of optimizing every image that you upload to your radio station website. This is Better Radio Websites, the podcast for radio professionals who want to see their website generate more traffic and revenue. Each week, your host, Jim Sherwood, and his special guests give you time-tested tips and secret tricks to ensure your radio station dominates digital in your market. Here we go. Hi, it's Jim, and welcome back to Better Radio Websites. Podcast wants to help you get more visitors and the most revenue from your radio station website. Well, the speed that your radio station website loads matters. Maybe a whole lot more than you realize. Overall, we've grown increasingly impatient with the amount of time that we're willing to wait for things to load. Have you ever pulled up Netflix or your other favorite streaming evidence and that, that little bar just sits there and twirls and twirls and twirls? How angry do you become? Because it's supposed to just happen instantly, right? Well, we've become increasingly annoyed by when things take longer to load. In fact, many studies have shown that 40% of people will click off of a website, just leave if it takes longer than three seconds to load. Yeah, this can have real tangible impacts for any business whose website is underperforming in the speed department. A few years ago, Amazon calculated that their web, if their website took a one-second slowdown, meaning it took for an, uh, their pages to load one extra second, they would lose roughly $1.6 billion each year. So that's why speed is so very important, not just for uh, e-commerce websites like Amazon, but for every website out there because we want folks to stay on our websites as long as they can. And a slow website, you know, the stats just show it. People leave slow websites. Now, there are many different factors which can affect the speed of your website, like your hosting plan and the code that makes up your website. Chances are that's going to be way more technical and daunting for the average person who just gets into the website to upload a news story or to update a blog post. Today, we're talking about folks who do that on a daily basis. And the one thing that they can do to ensure that the website stays fast is to optimize their images. Image size can play a major role in website speed. And just about anybody can quickly learn how to optimize images for any website. Now, image optimization, it doesn't have to be intimidating, but it can be a hard sell for some. It's an extra step that needs to take place, but... It must take priority when it comes to your website. Even if image optimization isn't a high priority on your list, it still matters and it should be done because it makes your website faster. And that means more visitors will come to your website and they will stay longer. Now, if you have content creators on your team that are not on board with image optimization, no matter how Many times that you preach, they're still uploading large images in these files formats that are very large. It's time to make it mandatory. Drop that hammer. <laughs> All right, so what is image optimization? Optimizing images is the process of editing high-quality, large images to the right size, dimension, format, and resolution or quality, all while keeping the smallest possible file size. The process of image optimization should always be done before you upload an image to the website. 
I think a lot of folks get in this Facebook mentality. I can take an image, upload it directly to Facebook, and Facebook does everything. It optimizes it to a very fast size and quality, and so every time I go to Facebook, it's just there. Well, traditional websites do not do all of that pizzazz in the background. Facebook has hundreds of thousands of servers stretched all across the globe that handle all of this image crunching, but your traditional website host will not have everything. Uh, it will make different sizes more than likely for your image, but those images will not be optimized. They will simply be resized, and that's only one step in the optimization process because we mentioned the right size, dimensions, format, and resolution or quality. So let's go through each one of those. What image size and dimensions are best? Well, this really depends on the application you're using it for. A photo directly taken from your camera might be, let's say, 4,000 pixels wide. However, on most web pages, you'll rarely see an image over 900 pixels wide. Most large images that you'll see are around 600 pixels wide, even smaller. And if we were to upload that image that is 4,000 pixels wide, the image would appear no larger, it would be no clearer, but the file size would be you know, four times as large or more. So the first step in the optimization process is bringing the image down to the proper dimensions, the proper size. Some cropping may be required to get the image to the proper size that whatever your website requires. Now, it's likely that your content manager or your editor or the, the digital content person at your radio station knows the proper sizes that all images should be. Now, Featured images, like if we're working in WordPress, featured images may all need to be the same size, while images within the article doesn't have to be those exact dimensions. If you look at any major news source like entrepreneur.com, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, anything like that, all of the images are roughly the same size and they're cropped exactly the same way every single time. This is not by accident. Somebody edited all of those images to be the exact same sizes before they were uploaded to the website. So this process has to happen on radio station websites as well in order for all of the images to look uniform and right. So like I said, your content manager probably knows the proper sizes that all images should be. So this information should be passed down to you and followed by really everybody who creates content for the website. Now, if your website uses the same images in multiple layouts that could change across devices and screen sizes, then you'll want to be sure that the subject of your photo is always in the middle. So that, let's say, if a, a wide image appears on the home page, but maybe on the sidebar over to the side, the image is square. So if your subject of that image was all the way to the right, their head may be cut off or her, their body may be cut off in the sidebar versus in the middle of the page. So you want to account for that and know that your image will be seen in different parts of the website and how that will affect your uh, image editing process. So which image format is better? Now, an image format, think of it like a file type. Choosing the best image file format really depends on the type of image and the end goal as well. You won't want to make every single image JPEG if you're working with logos or if you're working with animation or if you need transparency, all right? Let's start at the top of your website, for example, like the station logo. 
It probably has uh, some background colors in the background or something like that. Maybe uh, your text is white, but the background of your entire header is black or a blue or something like that. If you were using a JPEG here, you would see that white box around the logo because JPEGs do not support transparencies. All right, so that leaves PNG, which does support transparency, GIF, which also uh, is, supports transparency, and SVG, which is a vector file format. A GIF file might work if your logo only has a few colors, but it's not going to be as sharp as the other options because uh, GIF files have only a limited color palette, so they don't look as crisp and clean. Think of GIF images as what you uploaded to MySpace back, way back in the day. <laughs> Who remembers that? All right, so this leaves you with PNG and SVG. If your content management system allows it, choose the SVG because of the small file size. It will load much quicker being a vector format. If it doesn't support SVG, then choose the PNG file, which also has that transparency. Now, there are some other more modern image formats that are uh, coming available like WebP and uh, AVIF. These are options that also support transparency. However, some content management systems have been slow to allow them right now, and these formats will likely need a converter of some kind because even Photoshop, the best photo imaging editor in the world, does not support these formats at this time, not natively anyway. There are plugins that you can get to import and export the, those as well. But regular featured image photos that accompany blog and news posts should always use a JPEG file because more than likely these are photos. For now, do not use WebP and AVIF images as featured images because those are the images that are shared out to Facebook and Twitter and your other social media channels whenever you share out your post on those social media platforms. If you were to share out a post to Facebook and it had a WebP image, then the image does not appear yet because... Facebook does not support it at the time of this recording. Now, all of this may change as these newer formats are more widely adopted, but as of this recording, they do not support it very well. All right, here's the best application for each of these image formats that I have mentioned over the last little bit. JPEG, it's the best use for overall use for photos. It's more widely accepted. Every browser, every application can accept JPEGs, but keep in mind that they do not support transparency, and you'll need to optimize them to their smallest size without sacrificing quality. We'll talk about that in just a minute. PNG files. Now, you want to be careful with using PNG files because they are great, have great support for transparency, but if you don't need it, don't use PNG files because typically file sizes are two to three times larger than JPEG files. So the let's say you had a 800 by 500 image a photo and you want to save it either as a JPEG or a PNG. If you save it as a PNG, it's going to be two to three times larger of a file size. That means it will take two to three times longer to download than it would if you were to save it as a JPEG. Choose JPEG unless you need transparency. If you need transparency, then use PNG. GIF or GIF, however you say that. The small file size, it's awesome, but it has a limited color palette. GIF files do support animation. However, more browsers are starting to put the little play button over animated GIFs because that can be distracting to some people. And some folks have complained. And now some browsers do not play GIF files automatically. They put a little play button over them. And then when you hit play, 
then they animate. Some, you hit play on the animation, and there's no animation at all. Just because it's a GIF file, they put the play button there. And then there's the SVG format that I mentioned. SVG is a vector format that uh, works better for logos. SVGs are vector. That means that they can be sized to any dimension, and you'll never see that pixelation occur that, it, that you see whenever you large uh, a small image. SVG files do not work well for photos. Keep that in mind. They only work well for logos. And then those newer file formats that I mentioned, WebP and AVIF, uh, these newer modern image formats, they're better at image compression. They've been designed to be very, very small files, which is awesome. Both allow transparency. However, some browsers, content management systems, and applications like Facebook are slow to adopt them. This could change in the future. It will more than likely change in the future because everybody is working to a much faster internet. So which image resolution is best or image quality? When exporting or converting your scaled down images to any of the previously mentioned formats, there's going to be some extra settings that's going to need to be tweaked to ensure that your image is the smallest file size when looking clear. In Photoshop, for example, Whenever you choose the JPEG format, there's a quality slider that you can adjust the compression of the image. 100% will be no compression. Uh, the image will be, and the file size is at the largest that it can be. If you adjust this down, though, you'll notice that the quality of the image goes down as well as the file size. Notice the image preview as you do this, and the file size little value down there at the lower left. A low value might give you the smallest file size, but then the image may be hard to look at. So pick a reasonable value but that gives you the smallest file size and good image quality that will look good for your audience. So since every image is different, there's not going to be one setting here that you can just set and forget for every image because some images bring the slider down and it's 35%. Some images, that's going to look great and it's going to give you a very small file size. But other images, that image is going to look grainy. So you'll want to adjust that every single time. So lastly, saving your optimized images. It's very important that every image that you upload to your radio station website, regardless of platform that you are on, be saved without spaces in the file name. Spaces within file names, while they might work great on Windows or Macs or whatever, will not work well on a hosting platform. And some content management systems and applications will give errors. So whenever you save something, do not put spaces in the file name. Ensure that you add image metadata to every image that you upload. Let's say that you're uploading a flower to your website and the name of the file is flower.jpg. Perfectly fine. However, a screen reader being used by a handicapped person that is blind cannot convey what flower.jpg is showing. They know it's a flower, but that's about it. It's becoming more important for legal reasons now that you include title information and alt tag information to be included in the code that displays with every single image. An example of a, a good title and alt tag for our flower.jpg example might be yellow rose in a field of green. Somebody who's visually impaired can listen to that in their screen reader and know what that picture is. So in years to come, as, and as more legislation gets passed to better allow people with visual disabilities to better see the internet, this is going to be more and more important. 
So get your folks on board right now so they are already ready for it. I just visualized the day coming five, ten years down the road where there's going to be a piece of legislation that is passed that somewhere deep down in the legislation it's going to be that every image on the Internet must have alt tags and title tags. And if you only have so many, so many days for that to happen, or you must take the image off your website completely. Can you imagine going through your website right now with years of past news stories and do that for every single image? I see that coming. So you've heard it here first. Go and make sure that you're doing those title and alt tags right now. Now, having all of these images on your website and they're fully optimized, they're very small, they got all of their uh, meta tags on there, they're perfectly great, and you have a great uh, score for your page load times. That's great. This does not give you <laughs> the free reign to include more images on your web pages. Every image that you include on your pages adds to the overall weight of your page. And then, like I mentioned at the very start of this podcast, heavy pages simply take longer to load, and that can add to the frustration of your visitors. We don't want our web pages to take more than three seconds to load because 40% of the people will leave after that point. After that three seconds, they're like, okay, well, there must be something wrong with this website. I'm gone. Optimizing images for your website, it isn't always easy. It's going to take a little bit of experimentation. It's going to take a little bit of training and testing for your folks that are not on board with this. But once they do and you get a good process down, your website speed is going to improve as well as your overall user experience. And that's really what it's all about because a good user experience keeps those folks coming back day after day. If your content creators are really slow to get on board with this, really, right now, is the time to motivate them to jump on board. I hope this has been some eye-opening information for you today. If so, please reach out to us at skyrocketradio.com. And if you need help with your radio station website, we'd love to help you out with that. Have an awesome week online making your radio station website better. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Better Radio Websites. Inspired by today's episode? Be sure you are subscribed and share this episode with a friend. Visit skyrocketradio.com forward slash podcasts for more episodes as well as show notes for this episode. Need help starting or making your station website better? Visit skyrocketradio.com.